0: This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Check out their interactive workshops, events,
1: leadership coaching blog, and more at www.kingdomatwork.com or follow them on all major social media platforms, Kingdomatwork.com.
0: Hey, welcome to I Work for Him this afternoon as we broadcast you all things Austin, Texas. But before we get to Tony Dale and talking about what's going on there in that part of the world, we want to make sure you've got an opportunity to connect with us.
1: That's right, Jim. So um, we can get connected with people so many different ways, but our website has those all listed. And on our contact page um, is our phone numbers. And one of the things that happened today is I had somebody text me a picture of them putting their new I Work For Him Nation sticker on the back of their car. It was very
0: cool. We so, love that.
1: Pretty excited. One of our We've listeners that from, from, Jacksonville. We got somebody from Jacksonville. And uh, thank you so much for following through because when I do put that in the mail, I have a letter and I say, hey, shoot me a picture. This would be so much fun. So we can see where the um, the flags are flying. So the, a new flag is flying in Jacksonville today. And so we just want to give a shout out to our listener there. Thank you so much for listening. But people can contact us with uh, regarding joining the nation. It all happens right on our website. That's
0: right. Go to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the iWorkForHim Nation flag. Consider being a change agent in your workplace Commit to being a prayer warrior each and every day for those that you work alongside by name each and every day. Looking for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires. Looking for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace because relationships lead to the ability to share what Jesus has done in your life. Looking for ways to pray alongside people when you notice you're having a rough day. But all along... Christ followers who are members of the I Work For Him Nation are committed to excellence because we as Jesus followers should be the number one employees in our position in our workplace, no matter what it is. Because we serve Jesus, we should be defined by excellence. That's the I Work For Him Nation. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag when you go out to IWorkForHim.com. Hey, you know, Martha, today we're going to be giving away. Tony and Felicity Dale's book that they wrote alongside George Barna, Small is Big, mm-hmm. unleashing the big impact of intentionally small churches. How can people call and get a copy of that today?
1: Well, they can use our listener line, which is 866-713-9675. That is 866-713-WORK. And they are there they can leave me up to a minute long message with their contact information so that I can get a copy of this out to them.
0: All right, that's 866-713-9675. Get a copy of Small is Big. Hey, one other announcement as we get started today with Tony Dale. Before we do, the Marriage Retreat Cruise is coming up, Martha, February 14th through the 19th, 2019, and time is running off for people to get signed up.
1: It is. Um, one of the things that is a challenge with um, having getting a cruise for a group of people is the fact that... Um, People need to sign up now before the cruise line takes back our rooms that we've reserved. So they want to resell those rooms at a higher price because I think they gave us a good deal. So we want to make sure that our people get in there and get registered now for a cruise that's going to leave on Valentine's Day. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. We hope people will join us. And, um, you know, one of the things that I just have to say about that is, we need to spend more time investing in our marriages. And that's really what this gives us the opportunity to do. It's not so much about crisis, it's about growing and strengthening our marriage by getting some time away together.
0: That's iworkforhim.com. Click on the events tab. All right. Like I said, thank you. We're back in Austin, Texas today. But thanks to our listeners in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Folkestone, Georgia, and everybody in Tampa Bay from south of Ocala to north of Fort Myers and all the way over to Disney. Thanks for tuning in today live on the radio, but of course, across America on iHeartRadio and streaming off of iWorkForHim.com. As we are talking with Tony Dale and his team, we're also going to be talking later on the show today with a local Austin area defense attorney who loves Jesus, a criminal defense attorney. Another one. We found another one. It's fantastic. We're so excited about that. Here's the, the key is that no matter what you do each and every day, almost every job can be done with excellence and for the glory of God. We're going back to talk with Tony Dale from Sidera Health. Again, keep in mind, if you own, if you run a business or run an organization and you haven't considered healthcare sharing, please, I understand that Sidera Health and the Caris Group are I Work For Him endorsed business trees, businesses that are helping you spend money more wisely and make an impact and really look at your bottom line seriously. And Tony will explain that a little bit later. Tony Dale, after much ado, welcome back to I Work For Him.
2: Well, thank you so much. It's always an incredible pleasure and privilege to to be on with you and Martha.
0: Tony, talk talk to us. Let's just go get personal here for a minute. What's one thing you and Felicity, Dale, after how many years you guys been married now? Uh, Well, we've just gone over the
2: 47.
0: 47 years. That's fantastic. Yet I know because Martha and I have been married 32 years that each and every year you still need to be working on your marriage what is one thing you and felicity have done recently to keep your marriage strong and fresh
2: well we have been really blessed recently we had an opportunity to uh, join my oldest son and his wife and four kids uh, going over to england uh, to help their oldest daughter uh, get started in university in england Uh, and of course uh, our background is english Uh, And we loved this chance to go back to Felicity's favorite vacation spot, which was in Cornwall, the southwest sort of tip of England, uh, Mm. where she's going to be going to art school. Uh, But it also gave us three weeks where we could travel to have time together, uh, where we could visit old friends from medical school days. Uh, Just such a blessing to have that time together. Uh, But what I would not recommend uh, is that for our actual wedding anniversary, uh, which was September 18th, uh, we found ourselves flying back from England to Portland, Oregon on a very long, very crowded flight. <laughs> so next time, I'm going to have to plan the return day, not on the wedding anniversary.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would pretty much destroy you. Do they fly from from England, then going west to Portland, or do they fly the other direction? I mean, how do they get there? I mean, it,
2: No, it, they they do go west. It's not quite so far that it would make more sense to go east, but it was a, something like a 12 hour flight. Oh,
0: man, that's tough.
1: Hey, but you were next to each other for all that time, right? (laughs)
2: Uh, We we were closer than we might have chosen in such a public place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to move right on from there. Tony, you and Felicity, along with George Barna, wrote an incredible book that we have now given away so many times. And I know you have given away and sold so many copies. It's called Small is Big. unleashing unleashing the big impact of intentionally small churches. Why did you and Felicity feel that that book needed to be written?
2: Well, you know, we've had a very interesting sort of spiritual heritage, if I can put it that way. And a part of that for for me uh, was my parents were missionaries in China. They actually went out to work with Watchman Nee and the Little Flock. Uh, And we found from our student days onwards that God was leading us uh, into small church type movements uh, and uh, moving over to the states uh, that suddenly intensified We've, we found that we were beginning house churches and working with other people doing similar things and so, so the book really described that journey Uh, And for us, it was an opportunity to to say, look, here's a a clear biblical framework for understanding why these small churches based uh, around people's homes, sort of lay-led movements of ordinary people uh, actively reaching out into uh, every sphere that they touched, uh, could be so powerful in the Christian world.
1: You know, it's kind of fun because we were um, we ourselves were getting off of an airplane last week and there was a couple behind us that we started a conversation with. And I was really. Ryan and
0: Christine, let's just say hi to them.
1: Hey, hi there. Hope they're listening. So one of the things we learned from them is they had just been traveling for four months for business and they actually like set up shop in a different town and other people are there with them in their business and they do home church in wherever they go because they need to have a portable um, you know way to to worship the Lord together with other people. and it was we were just, we only had a few minutes with them, but it was just so great to hear that you know instead of going well, those four months you know we're just not going to be involved in church anywhere. They were doing home church. So have you heard of that, Tony, where um, people in in business when they travel are doing home church or what do you think of that?
2: Well, I, I love what you've just described. And, and you know, I, the only thing I take exception with is the way you said they were doing church. Uh. Uh, I, I, and all I'm saying here is I would switch the word do to be.
1: So uh.
2: Being church. Yes. And, and if all of us can learn, wherever two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, and he is in the midst, there's something happening there that is really genuinely expressing not just the kingdom of God in the broader sense, but even church and church life. Because Matthew 18 is where Jesus said that, and he was talking very clearly about a small group context.
0: We're talking all things Austin, Texas, as we do about once a month with Tony Dale and many of his business people, business connections there in Austin, Texas. And now we're going to roll to attorney, Steve Toland. He's a criminal defense attorney in Austin, and I'm going to let you tell, let him tell you a little bit about his story. Steve Toland, welcome to I Work For Him.
3: Well, thank you. It's, great. it's a pleasure to be here.
0: All right. Talk about, it's the name of your law firm, peakandtoland.com, correct?
3: Yes. All
0: right. Very good. So we always ask this question of every new guest, uh, Steve, as we uh, d- introduce them to the I Work For him audience, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus?
3: Right. Um, A great question. I was blessed to be raised by uh, two parents who were very involved in the community. My dad was a pediatrician, and my mom was a public health nurse. And so Tony and I have some similarities there with with the public health and and medical component. And um, so I saw my parents really live out their faith um, and was just active in my church in that sense. But I don't think I really understood what it meant to kind of surrender your life to Christ or follow a higher principle until probably about junior high, you know I was lucky to be involved in sports and I had a, a coach who was it was pretty demonstrative in his faith and uh, yeah, I just remember you know one summer kind of praying uh, praying a prayer of just to, to kind of surrender myself more more uh, actively. And so that's kind of when I remember really walking the walk, I guess and you know obviously it's, an, it's a it's a daily practice, right? I'm not always good at it, but but probably about 12 years old is when I remember that.
1: So did you always know, Steve, that you wanted to be a lawyer?
3: No, actually. I, um, I had done a lot of debate and things like that in high school, and I was particularly intrigued by the notion of being able to argue points without what we call now sort of the ad hominem attack, attacking the person, not the merits of their argument. And I, and I remember having a lot of discussions with my parents at an early age about how frustrating it would be that things would get so personal um, in debates and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's always been something I think God had stirred in me. Um, And and I want to talk more about that, I guess, as we get into some heavier subjects later, if the opportunity presents itself. But at that point I enjoyed that part of research and application and just trying to to talk about issues that are interesting at an early age. But I was a sportscaster. I uh, went to Tulane in New Orleans and loved Tulane baseball and, Got an opportunity to work with the baseball broadcast a little bit and ended up getting a master's degree in radio and trying to be a sportscaster. And then about age 25, I really felt the calling to to go to law school and, and actively apply what I wanted to do in
0: my practice. So. Well, we'd like to officially turn over the microphones to you because a master's in radio. Man, would that have been nice? <laughs> Tony, Dale, just imagine how much more fun the show would be if we'd have a master's in radio. <laughs>
3: Well, they fabulous. told me I had a face. Great. They told me I had a face for radio. So I didn't know. Oh, what that
0: was. I yeah. get told that all the time. At, but then, <laughs> but Martha's pretty, so I don't know what we do with that. So how did you come to be an attorney practicing criminal defense and immigration law? How did how did God move you in that direction?
3: You know, God. God. This, this is always has a great sense of humor about those things. Um, I kind of had a snobby attitude about it, if I'm being honest. I, I really. Saw myself doing, you know, uh, different types of law, and I just, for some reason, didn't see myself doing criminal defense work. I, I don't know why. I just, I definitely wanted to help people. I wanted to help people with high-end injuries and complex medical issues, and try and apply, you know, my parents' medical background. and And then um, I worked for a few years um, in an honors program at the Attorney General's Office, and you know, I had a couple of mentors that told me that my skill set really suited more of criminal defense which is less about paper and writing and and more about uh, relationship building and problem solving and application of those things, you know, just being in court every day. And so it's a lot more high energy and it it suits my skill set. And so uh, God just moved me in that direction. I I can't say that I had really anything to do with that. You know, And once I started doing that, um, after God put some people in my life that really were honest with me about what I was good at and maybe what wasn't necessarily the best fit for me in the law. That's when my practice really took off in a way that I think where I felt, you know, God moving through me every day. And I was really been enjoying it for the last 18 years, I think, because of that.
0: So the last time we had a criminal defense attorney on the air with us right here in Tampa Bay, the Tragos, Tragos and Sardis law firm, I asked them this, how can you be a criminal defense attorney and be a Jesus follower?
3: Well, I mean to me, Jesus, if he were a lawyer he would be a criminal defense lawyer. <laughs> that to me is the ultimate. you um, know and the reason I think is because you know what criminal defense is for those who who commit infractions or break the law or, or do something really bad is you know it's it's one of the ultimate Christian tenets, which is that God forgives us if we seek forgiveness immediately the consequences of our sinful behavior that that's the part that we have to figure out and work through and and I think that's what that's what Jesus was teaching us is that, look, I'll, you know, God, my father will forgive you if you seek forgiveness. But, you know, the residual mess you've made, we've got to work through that. And, and it's in working through that and showing people grace and, and restoration. Um, that, that's the, just the, the best part of the practice is trying to help somebody repair a mistake and let them know that they're seen and that they're heard and that they have value and that God still loves them and that actually God loves them, you know, more now than ever because they're working at it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, to me there, I can't imagine how somebody can run a criminal defense practice and not sort of naturally gravitate towards wanting to res- help restore people, make them whole again as a complete person. It, it's just, it's such a great opportunity.
0: Right, that was the perfect answer. That is almost exactly verbatim what the last guy said. And it's it's so hilarious. I never ever thought about the fact that Jesus he really was a criminal defense attorney. The woman at the the woman had been accused of adultery and they're barrayed right a stoner, and he and he goes to her defense. I mean, it just it's amazing how many times Jesus really does come to our fence all day long. It's it's incredible. Hey, we're talking with Steve Toland. He's from Austin, Texas, got a, a law practice, peak and Peak
1: so I just want to say thank you for taking that role so very seriously, and and I love what you said, Steve, about the fact that you um, are there when they're wanting to work on things, and um, you know, a lot of people, I think, in life, I would guess, they realize that they've made a bad mistake, but then what? And um, so how do you, how do you do that? I know we want to get into. Um, you know, what you're, what you're doing on a daily, daily basis and how your faith plays a role in that. So how does your faith play a role in how you help them, um, you know, personally overcome what they've gone through?
3: Well, thank you. That's a great, thank you for that compliment. And, and that's a great mm-hmm. question. I, I think it's kind of like sharing the gospel with somebody. Um, you have to have trust. You, you can't speak into someone's life uh, until you're kind of given permission to do that. And so I'm lucky in that when someone comes to me, they're often in a very broken position. Um, and so my job at the beginning is to build rapport, and that sounds cliche-ish, but rapport means to build trust with them, help, help them know that they are seen and they are heard. And a lot of it is recognizing the pain that they're in, and then and then it's then some of my skill set comes in, which is you know how um, how much pain has this person been in? Are they are they able to to process what's going on. I mean, some people have been victims themselves. Some people have experienced a lot of trauma before. Some people have drug addiction. Some people have alcoholism. So it's trying to figure out kind of where their brain chemistry is at that present moment and then where, where they are and building trust. How long is it going to take me to build trust with that person? Um, and once I do that, then I notice that God really takes that over. Um, most people, when they're in a really broken spot, they, they want help. And then, you know, if they're Kind of selfish about it or don't want to do the things that I'm recommending they do, then I just kind of start over again and say, Well, I need to build up more trust with this person. So let me start over. And I just keep working at it. Um, mm. But that, that's really what starts with, to me, with building trust before you can have permission to speak into them about, you know, I, I bet if you did it this way, you would feel more fulfilled and closer to God. I bet you'd be happier. I bet you, you know.
1: Hmm.
3: Um, I can't just go in there and give them a blueprint for that because I'm sure someone else who knows them better has already done that before me. So So, I need permission first.
0: Yes. So let's talk about those, the the typical clients that you guys have there at peak Talk to us about who, who is that typical client that you get to minister to every day through the practice of law?
3: So the general answer is, you know, there's no typical client, but, for us, we do have a a large majority of Spanish speaking clients. So, you know, a lot of my day is spent in in Spanish and that, that sort of adds another wrinkle or dynamic to trying to understand someone's pain or trying to understand their position or what, what, where, where they are in their faith. Um, And so that, that's more of a typical client we have. Um, And then, you know, how, how we get into that with them uh, just kind of depends, but you know, that, that's the typical client is somebody who comes from a Spanish-speaking background at the beginning.
0: And what are they, I mean, I noticed on your website that you spend a lot of time doing immigration defense. That, that kind of, that's the kind of law that you're doing. Is that correct?
3: Right. So I do, I run the criminal defense department and every day for my Spanish-speaking clients, um, the ones that, whether they have a permanent resident status, which is, you know, the next, the closest next step to citizenship, uh, or if they're not a citizen at all, and they have some type of status or no status, um, it's, I, I apply immigration into into my criminal defense practice. And what that looks like is well, hang on
0: to what that looks. Hang on to what that looks like. What sure. it looks like is what we'll deal with when we come back from the break. We're talking with Steve Tolan from Austin, Texas, courtesy of Tony Dale and the Karis Group and Sidera Health. I would love for you to check out Sidera online. If you run an organization or a business and you've been just struggling with what your health insurance is doing to your bottom line, you need to talk to Tony and his team. Healthcare sharing on a corporate basis is a way you should be looking to a solution for helping your employees with healthcare. Mm -hmm. Sidera.com, Sidera.com. Tony Dale, we're always so grateful to have you online because you're so willing to just share from your heart about what the Lord is doing. And you brought on today a criminal defense attorney, Steve Toland from PeekandTolan.com. Why don't you reintroduce Steve Tolan to our iWorkframe audience?
2: Well, I'd I'd love to do that. Steve and I have been working together for a long time. Uh, I guess I better quickly say not uh, that I needed his help (laughs) to defend me as a criminal, uh, but because we are are both a part of C12 here in Austin. And uh, Steve's just a close personal friend, and and we always use their law firm if we're trying to help uh, anyone in the immigration area or criminal area. Uh, so absolutely delighted that he's agreed to be a part of the
0: show. Steve, you were getting ready to, to answer a question, and I had to interrupt you as we were going to the break.
1: Yeah, you were saying that what it really looks like um, with what you're doing in your law practice. Yeah,
0: I think the
3: the, the question was just about how, how do we apply the immigration component to the, the criminal side? And yeah. what it looks like is there's... Uh, sort of boring legal jargon, but the collateral consequence of something. So when you, when you plead to something, it can have a, a really negative impact on your immigration status, depending on what your status is, what, what type of status you have, or what your paperwork is. And so a lot of times, you know, well, I mean, sometimes a typical client for me may be a, a professor who's here on a visa uh, teaching at a university, and they get charged with uh, driving uh, while intoxicated. And uh, no matter how I dispose of that case or how we work out a a resolution for it, there might be some impact on their future. And so it's a a lot of uh, daily applying or application of of immigration policy, which changes a lot. And so we built our law firm on the idea that, um, you know, immigrant clients or uh, foreign clients, Spanish-speaking clients in particular, just because of where we are in the United States, uh, that they should have access to the same high-quality legal uh, acumen, legal care, legal, you know, just law firm, legal solutions to their problems, whether they're business or personal. Uh, but at a price that's, that's more reflective of what what is not like a big law firm price. And um, and God has really blessed us with that. Our business, you know, grows and grows. We went from seven or eight employees to, to 32 employees. And
0: Ooh, it's uh, it's really a big crowd. Out, I think.
3: It is. It's, it's a little... Like curtain cast someday,
0: but and we'll talk about you and your employees in a minute but martha's got a question for you
1: well i do and i you know i never had the perspective i guess i assumed immigration law always meant just trying to help people get the right papers on this side but i never thought about the fact that there's you know the the, the trickle-down effect of one consequence onto other things so that's great so when you're talking about that and you know at, we as christ followers need to have a better perspective a proper perspective on um, things that have to do with immigration here in the U S speak to our speak to our listeners and help us to get a better perspective.
3: I think I know what your question is asking. I, okay. You no, know, it's, it's not for me to say what the right answer is on sure. the number of, of, say applications that should be allowed in, or the number of visas that should be approved or things like that. I think the broader perspective that I would ask uh, price followers to, to consider is first and foremost, you know, educate yourself on, on the issues, um, try and refrain from, um, too much of an emotional response at the beginning and instead try and step back and, and really try and, um, listen, um, try and educate yourself, read as much as you can from as many different sources as you can. There's so much of the information that that's disseminated out, um, in all kinds of forms. It's not accurate. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just not always accurate. And, um, and we see that a lot and it creates a lot of fear. And I just, I think, you know, Satan loves to work in our past and he loves to work in the future and he loves to make us have fear about, you know, about the past and where it's going to go. And he loves to make us worry about the future. And Christ is all about the present. Christ is all about what's going on right at this moment. And so, you know, at this moment, it's really volatile. And I think a lot of it is just because we, we've lost the ability. And I go back to what I said earlier about sort of my the first time I felt God really pushing me to want to be a lawyer in high school was we've lost the ability to engage in intellectual discourse without it becoming so personal. And it's a skill set that we really have to to teach our kids and and continue to to demonstrate. When we want to demonstrate our faith. You know, I don't think we need to perform our faith. Uh, I think what we need to do first is you know practice uh, decency and grace. And that means patience. That means holding your tongue like in James. It means listening. And I think that would be my first recommendation to make sense of the immigration debate first, you know, educate yourself on the issues and listen and then and try to try to look at it, not from a place of fear. Um, because so, so many immigrants that are here, um, you know, are not not what they're being portrayed for in,
0: in the media. You know? Right. Well, and and, and that's we, let's not even get onto that media soapbox. <laughs> my my brain will just explode. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. And then people tell me I'm part of the medium, like, I don't know if I agree with that because there's the media and then there's the honest media. So, okay. So I want to get into you living out your faith in your work. And you mentioned you had 32 employees and and, and there's only so much time on the air each and every day. So Steve Toland, I really wanted to hear, you have 32 people. How do you, how do they know that you're living out your faith? How do they know that the reason behind why you do what you do is because of your faith in Christ? So
3: that's, I'm trying. It's a lot of little things that we hope cumulatively put together, you know, to demonstrate that. So it starts with our core values, which are biblically based. Uh, it starts with us um, trying to we give out a, something called a helmet award, which was whenever a employee does something that's really good. And it could be something uh, caring for another employee uh, for a client could be a result in the courtroom then one employee is encouraged to award the helmet to another person. And it's this gladiator helmet that weighs eight or 10 pounds. And you get your picture with it, and it sits on your desk until you pass it to the next person. And uh, that's another way. And when you do that, you're supposed to uh, ascribe a core value that they demonstrated in in order to earn the helmet. And Mm. since those are biblically based, that's one way. Um, We also do something called Fifth Fridays. So every month that has a Fifth Friday. We do an off-site. Or sometimes we'll do it on site, but now we've grown, we sometimes have to go off site, and we'll do training. And in the midst, of, in the morning, and then we do just fellowship in the afternoon, and it could just be uh, going out to you know a golf range or bowling or um, those things. But in that morning time, we'll we'll often have about an hour of sort of motivational. You know, some of it's funny and some of it's serious, but we just challenge our employees like, "What would you like your legacy to be? What What do you want your kids to remember you for?" Just try and let them know that we we look at them differently than just sort of a means for us to create monetary output, that we love them, we care about them, and we want to know what's going on in their lives. So that's a way to do it that's not in the workplace. You know, you kind of take them off-site. The other thing we do, aside from the fifth variety, is we created something called a care team, which um, we got the idea um, at a C-12 national conference. And it's employee-based. You create, uh, you know, bylaws. You basically, Jeff, my law partner and I, Put money, and we give them a budget, and then we let them create their own bylaws, their own rules, and how they want to uh, care, quote unquote, for, for the other employees. It's all anonymous. Employees come with needs. Whether it's I need money to travel to my mom's funeral in California, or I need rides for my aunt who has breast cancer, um, you know, whatever it is. So then they vote on. It's all anonymous. They vote on whether they should meet that need, how to meet that need. And it has been the most amazing thing because, finally, Jeff and I are not their bosses. We're not involved in this at all. We're watching the employees now uh, apply this and live out this. So, you know, there's tons more, but those are kind of the big ones we do is the Fifth Friday, the care team, and the helmet that models our core values. And um, outside of that, you know, we we just do what we can. to. We have Huddle. We have a Monday morning Huddle. that's like a little 30-minute Bible study. Um, that, that has sporadic Excellent. attendance, depending, but those are kind of the ways I think. And and I think the key is to get the employees to do it. You, you want them to kind of have say in it and then it matters
0: to me. Mentioned that you guys are part of a C12 group and how often has, what kind of encouragement do you get from C12?
3: C12 has been an amazing blessing. Um, First and foremost, the fellowship of the group—you know—you just by exchanging ideas and brainstorming. You know, I have this employee issue. I have this idea. I don't know how to implement it, or I feel God pushing or tugging at me to do this, but I have no idea what this is. I just have a stirring to apply this or that. So that, and then the materials are are very deep. Um, you can go surface on them and just apply some loose concepts and get a lot of benefits out of it, or you can really take those materials um because they relate to, to finances they really you know everything you do every step in your business whether it's marketing financial human resources all of that should be geared towards the same goal which is you know using god god has a plan for your business you got to figure out what that is and you got to be faithful to that and so all right it's so- been great
0: and I want to make sure we get this. You're doing great. And I, there's just so little time we want to hear from you. C12 has got a great reputation around the country. And we're so thrilled that you and Tony and so, and really a couple thousand other business owners and leaders across the country are involved. C12group.com. How, do, As an attorney, you guys are known for working ridiculously difficult hours, especially as leading up to a, to a court hearing. How do you protect your marriage, your family from your job?
3: Well, that's a great question. Um, there's a book I would recommend. I'm always leery to recommend books because you know, they may have different views. But uh, Dr. Henry Cloud speaks at a lot of conferences, and he's got several books on boundaries. And I just encourage any business owner to to do do some prayer, some intentionality around what what are your boundaries. You know, when be realistic about it. When when do you want to turn off your phone, your email? What's you know how do you communicate with your clients about expectations for communication and when you're going to communicate. So I think you shouldn't be loosey-goosey with that. You need to be firm with what Mm -hmm. that's going to be. And then you need to communicate with your family so they have an expectation that you're consistent on when you're going to be dialed in and available for them and when you're going to turn off the work. And then the last thing I do, and it just works for me, is I sort of envision what I call the four faces of manhood. There's a king face, there's a warrior face, there's a lover face, and there's a friend face. And I think you know, business owners, we or anybody, and moms do it. Anyone working, um, you know, we all do it. We have to apply different sort of those different faces when you're in the, the battlefield, right. right? Which is work, or yes. battling with kids and managing your home, and and so I, <laughs> That's I, I so I, true, I,
0: Steve Toland. Yeah, I, I apologize, but we're out of time. And I love your thoughts. Thanks for being on High Work today, Steve Toland. From the peak and Toland group in Austin, Texas, a criminal defense attorney who loves Jesus and who focuses on immigration law. Tony Dale, you said Steve's a great friend of yours through the C-12 group. What kind of thoughts do you have as, as you heard Steve share from his heart today?
2: I loved hearing him share. And I, I think what really struck me uh, is that All of us in our very different worlds, you know, I'm a physician working in medical economics. He's a criminal defense attorney with a a, a strong immigration component to what he does. Uh, But this would be equally true whether, you know, you're a housewife or a music teacher or a taxi driver. Uh, We all have an opportunity to, uh, to say, Lord, what does it look like? to seek to represent you in our sphere of influence. And, and I learned a lot from listening to Steve in, in that segment. So uh, I really appreciated that.
1: For sure. And, you know, I think for all of us, we, um, it's great to look at things from the perspective of somebody whose world we really have no idea what they do, but that they can be Jesus in, you know, their criminal defense law firm because they have to um, just really play that out. And so um, thank you for connecting us with him and letting him share a little bit of his story. Yeah,
0: people are probably going, Jim, you cut him off. I'm like, we ran out of time. We ran out of time. <laughs> right. defense,
1: the lawyers, they're on the clock, right? Tony,
0: <laughs> as we head into an election season again, healthcare continues to be an issue here in the United States. Being able to pay for it, being able to buy insurance for it, being able to find some way to get our healthcare bills paid because it—it not it it's not getting cheaper you know, Sadara, you've been working, the Lord laid on your heart 20-plus years ago. Wow, there's got to be a different way to approach this. And it all started, I think, with like a knee surgery that you had, didn't
1: it?
2: Yeah, it absolutely did. And I was a part of one of the Christian Healthcare sharing ministries who uh, we love and appreciate. Uh, and I saw the, the power uh, of uh, really this sort of cooperative approach Ra- rather than the legal framework of, uh, all the contracts and uh, just all the difficulties that make medicine so expensive, uh, here we're a group of Christians saying, we can share each other's medical bills, and in doing that, we can fulfill the law of Christ, uh, the law to love one another, to care for one another. Uh, and absolutely, out of that has grown everything that I've done in both Keris and Sidira.
1: Mm. So let's so let's just talk about that again, just recap what Sidera does so that our listeners can um get engaged if this is something that's good for them.
2: Okay, well um would love to answer that. Uh most of your listeners are probably familiar with the Christian Healthcare Sharing Ministries. These are, are Christian groups uh, exempted under the Affordable Care Act, uh, an ideal for individuals to belong to, be a part of, uh, and really uh, to act entirely as an alternative to uh, insurance models. Uh, well, the CARIS group was established to. Uh, help negotiate bills for those companies, and and we've negotiated, I guess, billions of dollars of bills over the last Mm -hmm. 20-plus years. Uh, But out of all the experience learned there, I realized that we desperately needed something that wasn't only available to Christians, uh, and something that could uh, touch people where most people get their health coverage, and that's within their work context. Uh, you know, the, the Word of God teaches us that we should do good to all men, and especially to the household of God. And I found my heart just going out, how do we take these principles, these biblical principles, and make them available to everybody? Uh, and the place where most of those everybody's get their, uh, their sort of health uh, care needs financially taken care of is at work. Uh, And so Sidira grew out of the concept and the framework uh, of the Christian healthcare sharing model, Uh, but uh, we found a way where we could comply with the law, uh, but did not need to rely on an exemption that was only available to Christians. Uh, And instead, we could take this model of sharing uh, to companies all over the country, and that's exactly what we've been doing at this stage for the last four years or four plus years. Uh, and God is just blessing in incredible ways as companies everywhere are seeing how much money they can save, not just as a company, but of money that was being spent out of their employees' pockets, which employees cannot afford to be spending on health care.
0: So how many people, how many companies or organizations right now are on the Sudera platform?
2: You know, as the founder, I should know the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, but we are growing so fast, I, I can't give you an accurate answer, but uh, it, it's probably in the 500 companies region.
0: And how many people we're, does we're, that represent? Do you have any idea? Uh,
2: well, uh, that, that would be <laughs> multitudes of thousands yeah. of people, because it's not just the employees, it's uh, their families, and uh, we, we are just... Unbelievably blessed as we watch uh, how rapidly the Lord has allowed this to grow, uh, and you know one of the exciting things that's going on in this whole sort of movement of medical cost sharing or or healthcare sharing, as uh, as you described it, uh, is that it's really beginning to be a force to be reckoned with in this country. People are seeing there is a true alternative to insurance. Maybe there is a better way. Who said that the only way you can handle medical bills is through insurance? And I think the Lord's showing us uh, some really uh, uh, amazing alternative approaches.
1: Mm, That's very good. So we are talking today with Tony Dale. This is our our monthly show, Jim, where we kind of take a little virtual trip to Austin and hear what God is doing in Austin, Texas. Real trip. It won't even be virtual. We'll be be there in person. But um, Tony, as we talk with you, one of the things that, you know, we're thinking about it fresh on our mind is that we were just at a conference with some of your teammates and, you know, they were there interacting and explaining Sedera to um, several of the attendees. And I, I know that it's very intriguing to them. What kinds of things did you get to hear from them? What kinds of things they are hearing when they're interacting with people at the conference?
2: Well, I do get to hear those things, absolutely. And, uh, and I myself go to, to many of those mm-hmm. types of opportunities where we share. Uh, and, you know, p- business needs certainty rather than uncertainty. Uh, and one of the things that uh, we've been able to show uh, is that over the last sort of 30 years where this model has been out there, uh, through thick and thin, through all the changes, through, you know, Uh, assaults from the left or the right politically or however you want to look at it, this model has actually performed extraordinarily well uh, and classically at about half the cost of the insurance model. Uh, And so we like to help businesses understand the certainty Uh, Now, of course, the questions are, well, you know, can this completely different approach really take care of major bills? Uh, Mm -hmm. I can tell you that we watch every month, uh, you know, bills of a quarter of a million or half a million or 45,000 or 250. We watch them all getting taken care of. Uh, And what's happening is that the the Lord, uh, I believe, is shaking things up in such a way that all sorts of innovation is happening. Uh, so that this country, which is being bankrupted by healthcare, can begin to think outside the box that it's got trapped in, and begin to realize that there are great answers, and that actually God's word is often remarkably relevant, even to this sort of intractable national problem.
0: Like, give us an example of where where does God's word, where does the scriptures fit into healthcare sharing?
2: Well, I mean, let's just take something simple like what Proverbs says about uh, it's vital that we deal with fair weights and measures. Uh, you might say, well, what's, what's weights and measures got to do with this? Well, it's got to do with the fact that something has a value. You know, a pound is a pound, and I'm not talking the English pound money. I'm talking a pound weight. Uh, an ounce is an ounce. Uh, but uh, a gallbladder surgery is not the same gallbladder surgery when you go to four different hospitals in your same city and the cost ranges from 50000 at one place uh, to 8500 at another. So yeah. you know, something has gone wrong. There, there is no measure uh, against which you can measure what honesty looks like or what uh, a fair and appropriate price looks like. Uh, and so these are the sort of areas where a godly witness uh, can profoundly change the whole way we think about how healthcare expenses should be handled.
0: Hmm. What you just said there just rocked the world of almost every listener because everybody's so frustrated with healthcare. And, and what you just said, so true. Uh, just you, a surgery, 50000 in one place, 8500 at another, and, and everywhere in between, that's just incredible. Sidera, if you if somebody's got a, a typical health insurance plan at their workplace, can, they, can your team come alongside of them and show them the benefits of coming to Sedera? Is that something they can do? I mean, compare and contrast?
2: Uh, a- absolutely. I mean, we, we are sending out those comparisons uh, all day, every day. Mm. Uh, and what's happening uh, is that people are finding out from their friends. I mean, we are slammed That's fantastic. just with all the referrals that come to us, oh. those who've already been using us.
0: Make sure you check out them online, sadira.com, sadira.com. Tony Dale, thank you for being a guest on I Work For Him. Thanks for bringing Steve Toland on with you today. And we will see you next month in Austin, Texas. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. Well, you've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg.
1: We're Christ followers, and our workplace is definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I I Work work For him. Him.